little tired, but that's okay. <laughs> Which huh? are we good yet? Yeah, you can. Yeah, we can. How's cool. everybody doing, man? How's everything? Doing good. Doing all right. We made it through another weekend. We did. <laughs> we did. In this run, in this run of life, we made it through another weekend. Leo Which, season has ended. Yeah, nigga, and Virgo season has begun. <laughs> what we've all been waiting for. You know what I mean? You people don't know. Uh, y'all people don't know how good y'all have it, man. Yeah, yeah. When Leo season is among us. You guys are savages. I mean, listen. <laughs> I mean, they hate us for a reason, right? Mm. Like, I'm, I'm excited. Your birthday just passed. Mine is coming up. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? But like, August flew fucking by. It really did flu like all these months. Like, all these months. It, it, like, I, I, like, it's like we jumped in a time warp from March yeah. to now. Yeah. And it's like I don't really remember much. Yeah. It's just we're just here. Yeah. We're here now, and I can't really. Yeah, I can't really put a finger on it on the, what the feeling is, but it just feels it just it's just weird, man. This whole we this whole year has been a, has been. A kermuffin is that a word? <laughs> a kermuffin. Kermuffin. I know I've heard that somewhere. Before. A kerfuffle. Or, a kerfuffle. Yeah. Or a fucking or a quandary. A quagmire. Or internet. Figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Shall I hear for? <laughs> yeah. I mean. I mean. Okay. Yeah. We starting again. Yeah. So uh, the weekend was interesting, man. My weekend was good. Wait. 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 Forget. Before you start your your, you have an apology to, <laughs> you have an apology to give. Apology. We have to start. We have to start off. Oh, CJ. listen, man. Yeah. We start off. No, episode, no, we just no, no, no. Time. We are. We are. Because this is how we're going to do it now. <laughs> Fuck our weekends. Fuck our weekends. You had an apology. You had to give. Okay. You had an apology. You had to give, and All you right. have to give apologies first and foremost. All right. Fine. Fine. All right. Is this the camera? Is that, is that the camera? That's to stare directly into the camera. <laughs> stare directly into the camera and give your formal apology. Kemba Walker, I apologize to you, sir. I have completely disrespected you on the defensive side of the basketball. Uh -huh. Sir, you are a top-tier defensive point guard in the NBA. I apologize. You got to speak to the mic. He ain't I hearing didn't. you. He, yo, I, I spoke to the mic and I spoke yo, to the camera. Nah, yo, 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 he got to hear that. Yo, he gotta, he's hard to hear. Yeah, he's all the apologies, dog. No, you see these apologies? <laughs> you see these apologies? He's down in Orlando. How are you supposed to hear that? Yo, listen. He's also listening to, listen to the show, man. He'll listen to it then. Yo, listen. I want you guys to understand. The reason why Jeremy has to give this apology <laughs> is because... And I don't, I'm not going to be able to say verbatim, but I know I could, in, in quotes, Jeremy said, this was off, off mic, right, a few weeks ago. I'm tired of the Celtics with these, of, of years of having these Celtics point guards that are scorers and they can't defend for shit, right? And I'm like, whoa, I'm like... Granted, we did have Isaiah Thomas, who was a liability. We did have Kyrie Irving, who was on the moon. You know what I mean? And, and Kemba's in his first year with us, so no, I'm sorry. But, no, but, but I'm, I'm sorry. So I was more focused on him as an offensive player because that's, you never saw Kemba Walker defensive highlights when he was with Charlotte. Yeah, but that you said Kemba's fault. That's my fault. You're you know, acting so. like you said this in November or some shit. You said this shit in July and August after we didn't seen a whole season of Kemba Walker and his activeness on defense and he takes charges and he tries to get charges. It really does. You know what I mean? It really does. And I'm like, when he, I, I was taken aback when Jeremy said that. I'm like, really? 
Listen, I apologize. All right. See, this is the problem this with America. With apologies, no, no, no. People apologize, and instead of people say, "Okay, you know what?" He apologizes. Let's accept it and move on. You, you, you go for your pound of flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what America taught me. We don't just forgive people. We don't just like after they give apologies. No, it's he needs to like atone to me, even though he didn't dis- disrespect me. He needs to, you know, until oh, I'm satisfied. That's ridiculous. Well, anyways, yes. shout out to the Celtics, man. We got we got the uh, Sixers up out of here in four. We did. You know, I forgot my broom. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. We swept them up out of here. Yeah, it wasn't, we, it was, there wasn't anything gentlemanly about it. Too. No. I, I said Celtics to five. I thought I thought the Sixers could pull one out. Yeah. And then we swept them up out of here, you know. Damn, it was crazy. Yo. It was but, crazy. Great but, series. Great series on you, our part. You think it's still a sweep if Ben Simmons was playing? Or a gentleman sweep at that? No. Yeah. If Ben Simmons plays, no. I think we still beat them. Yeah, I think we beat them in six. In six. But, it's yeah, a seven no. seven-game series. Nah. That, that team... Like I mean, I saw it at the beginning of I saw it at the beginning of the year. Like before, like yeah, like I want to give um, kudos to the Celtics first first off, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll get into the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Like I saw at the beginning of the year, you lose JJ Redick, mm-hmm. you give Tobias Harris all that money, mm-hmm. you sign um, Al Horford, mm-hmm. you lose also you lose Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. um, you lose TJ McConnell, mm-hmm. you like that team can't shoot. Yeah, they can't shoot. And you cannot survive in this league in 2020 without shooting. You can't. You know? And it's like the Sixers are a mess. They're a complete mess. Like, what do you think? Like, what do you think they need to do from now? Like, like what could they do at this point? I think they need to destroy and rebuild. And the only player worth holding on to is Joel Embiid. Everybody Mm -hmm. else needs to and should go. That includes Ben Simmons. You could get a nice haul for them. Yeah. And you could get some nice young talent around Joel Embiid. All he needs is shooters. And the league is a plethora of shooters right yeah. now. Yeah. Get rid of everybody that's not a shooter. Keep Joel Embiid. That's it. It's funny because Ben Simmons was working on a shot too, like early in the year. He was. And then he just stopped. Like. He was. And and that's the thing, right? It's like he's always working on his shot. Mm. You know, I'm like, it's like the Andrew Luck kind of thing with me when I think of Ben Simmons. It's like people continuously try to like make excuses for him yeah. and excuses for his like poor play or his inability to do things. And it's like, how are you in, yeah, it's year three that he's actually played, but he got drafted four years ago. You know, so he's on the same line of of, of Jalen Brown, same yeah. same draft. Um, but they love grouping him with like other players as if he's development. But like, no, you you were in the league. You travel with the team. You practice with professional coaches and all that. I know people want to not count his rookie year. But yeah, because he didn't play. But you did everything around playing, though. You know, you already had. The biggest question is is going into that rookie and why why I thought he shouldn't have won rookie of the year. I thought Donovan Mitchell should have run should have won is because when you had he already had going into that same year with Donovan Mitchell with and and all of them, you had a year of experience of what the road was like, what NBA life was like, mm-hmm. and um what NBA training is like and all those type of, with the coaches, et cetera, et cetera. So when I look at him and I'm like, people that say, oh, well, he's working on his jumper. Who do we give that line? How many that, different that injuries has he gone through now as well? Yeah, like season, he's missed so many, I think, yeah. so many games. So so four years since he's been drafted and how many games has he actually played over those four years? Yeah, I remember, I, I remember like somebody said the stat where it was like a hundred and something. Alex, he's he's played like us? the total really of like maybe two seasons. 
total in numbers four years games played by Ben Simmons. Um, I know it's been in every All Star game. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you know, in like Clutch Sports is doing a hell of a job marketing him well, and making sure that he's, though, a, right? he's a marquee it's, name. But, I was reading this great article the other day about Instagram culture and social media culture when it comes to athletes now, mm -hmm. and we're coming into that generation now where a lot of a uh, a lot of this is hype machine stuff, right? Because yeah. think about this. Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown came out in the same draft, mm -hmm. okay? This says he's played 217 games. 217 games so of like a potential... Five games a year. Maybe. Of a potential 328, because 82 games a season. Yeah. And so that's he's played those games, and that counts postseason. I'm sure. Yeah, that counts postseason in games played as well. That is, is, is on Google, like on the front page of Google, so it doesn't right. really tell me much, so I'm assuming... Right. So it's like you when you want to add in. So roughly he's played about 52 to 55 games a year since he's been drafted. One of those years he missed completely. That was the year he was drafted. Yeah. And then second year he came back, got injured. Third year he came back, got injured. This is his fourth year, got injured. Yeah, I don't know about last year. I don't know if he was injured last year. Oh, I know he was definitely in the playoffs last year. Right? Yeah, he was in the playoffs. Yeah, the I'll Sixers count that as not being injured then. Um. <laughs> um, but anyways like uh, about, about the hype machine be behind some of these players it's like so you mean to tell me um, Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown came out in the same draft and I heard nothing of Jalen Brown until we drafted him mm -hmm. nothing but all those players I could think of I heard something from them either through social media ESPN yeah. hyping them up and everything then here comes Jalen Brown gets drafted what number three number four by us and all intents and purposes, he's had a much better career thus far than Ben Simmons, mm -hmm. minus the hype, just looking at the numbers. But at the same time, they are responsible for two completely different things on their team. I mean, Ben Simmons is responsible for running your offense. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to negate the fact that y'all ain't got no shooters because he's so good. He he turns everybody into shooters. Yeah. He's gonna draw so much attention going to the paint. Everybody's getting these wide open looks. Yeah, it's just it's, yeah, it's just the um. But even then, like that team's too top heavy. You got two. Superstars, Ben Simmons is a superstar to me. Superstar, Ben Simmons, That's a little much. superstar talent, superstar talent. He nigga, isn't a superstar. How you superstar talent, nigga can't even shoot. Yeah, like, you can't shoot. That's part of his that, game, that's though, that's like. my whole point about okay. Ben Simmons. And in compare in comparison to him to Jalen and someone, mm -hmm. I only compare them because they were in the same draft together. Mm -hmm. They have completely two different responsibilities, like you said. It's just the the expectations that we have of of them and how J how Ben Simmons is allowed to just not shoot at all and we can like how could we even start a conversation and compare us to comparing because imagine imagine if we said Jalen Brown does not shoot yeah are you kidding me yeah. he would get killed he would get killed yeah, he would. in this in this day and age we look at bigs like oh you're not stretching the floor if Embiid couldn't stretch the floor if Giannis wasn't working on his jumper Giannis is an MVP and he still can't shoot He's going to be a two-time MVP, and he still can't shoot as well, but he tries. Yeah. He he makes the attempts. But you have Ben Simmons out here. Yes, six six nine six ten whatever can handle the ball, can pass, blah 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 blah. But it's like you you like you, Why are we allowing when we when we know that's going to open up so much game? Pretty much, how do you have so much? So much patience for Ben Simmons and had none for Mark Markel Fultz. Well, that has nothing to do with the players, though. It has to do with two things, marketing, and number two, just bad management to begin with. The 76ers haven't managed this 
well at all in terms of the front office. No. The only thing they've done well, they've drafted well, but what have they done? They've listened to outside media for too long about what's going on with their players. When they let go of Markel Fultz, that's when I know, okay, you guys are terrible. Because at, up until that point, it was all on the same board, right? Trust the process. You're drafting all these guys. Your top picks have Embiid, superstar talent. When you're drafting Simmons, he's perceived as a superstar talent. We draft Markel Fultz. He's perceived as a – let me finish. He's perceived, he's, he's, perceived, he's perceived as a superstar talent. They didn't what? No, they what I'm, my point is they didn't, they didn't always draft well. Let's okay. not forget about, about – um, about, um, homie from Boston, two people that was from lo- who were local. Um, um, L- Nerlens Noel, okay. they drafted, yep. and um, what a top pick they drafted. Um, what's his name? Ah, oh, I can't remember what the hell his name is. Um, I think he played. I don't even know where he is right now. Like I know he's in a league somewhere. Um, okay, well let me get back to to the point about those three. Those three players they drafted. You draft Embiid, you draft Simmons, you draft Markel Fultz. They're all perceived coming out of the draft as being superstar talents. They're all co- coming to their rookie years having wild injuries where essentially they're useless that first year. They're yeah. just rehabbing their rookie seasons, right? But since that rehab, they've all essentially been injury-prone but shown they have still have elite-level talent despite their discrepancies. Now talk about the talent, right? Because when you draft people... Even with New Orleans Noel, when they drafted him, I'm, when I recite, re, recite the hype about New Orleans when he was coming out, oh, he's going to be a superstar in the NBA. That was a part of the hype machine. It ain't pan out. So they still drafted on potential, right? So you draft these three guys on potential. You see that when healthy, they live up to the superstar hype, and they play that damn good. Just that all three of them cannot play healthy, and... My whole issue with the whole hype machine, them getting too much into is they never should have traded Markel Fultz. No, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. The, the kids coming in, my whole idea is when you draft a rookie, just, you're going to hold on to him for four years just to see what happens. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, you, you let him go into free agency. Yeah, you don't extend them see in, what happens. In exactly. Yeah. You know, but you listen to this hype machine, oh, he's done, he's done, and you're like, no, let the kid figure it out, get healthy. You're drafting all potential anyways, and we all see what Markel Fultz is doing now. So that front offense right now, listen, I don't know ownership. It's Philly. Who cares? At the end of the day, they could be terrible, but they need to figure things out. And my host, my from my perspective, when you have two of your superstars that are that injury prone, one of them have to go because yeah. you can't rely on two players that are like that at this point. So you need to say, okay, from my from my perspective, you let go, you let go of Ben Simmons, and then you build around Joel Embiid. Yeah. To be honest, um, I see that. I agree with building. Uh, if anyone you're going to build around is going to be Joel Embiid, um, even though the biggest, the biggest, um, it's like my issue with all their draft picks is even though that they have elite talent, star talent on those teams in Joel Embiid, in um, in in um, Simmons, even with Fultz, I see a lot of talent in Fultz. It's just that like. From top to bottom, the Philadelphia 76ers has have been run like just terribly from top to bottom. Ownership, is management, G- the he is, he is. Yeah. But it's not even on just on him. It's on Hinky as well. Yeah, I mean, Hinky before him. Yeah. Like when you look at these, you you look at these at these drafts. Um, and Alec, did you find? Yeah. So was it Jahil Okafor? Yes, Jahil Okafor. Mm-hmm. So from Oka- Okafor and Bede. Um, 
Noel, Simmons, Fultz. The, the Sixers sucked for so long that they lived at the top of the draft. They lived at the top of the draft. And when you and, and we're Celtics fans. So it's 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 hard for us to not juxtapose our picks versus their picks. We're a team that have we have the most championships in the NBA. We've won championships in the in the rec- in recent memory. We've been in the playoffs consistently for the past almost 20 years. When we got a shot to draft high with having the number 3 pick 2 years in a row, we picked Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We we had the number one pick in the in the Jason Tatum <laughs> draft. We traded to Philly, and we let we went from one to the three pick. We let them pick Markel Fultz and, and fucking Lonzo Ball <laughs> ahead of Jason Tatum. Classic. You know what I mean? Like shout and, out to Danny Ainge. And and I would and I could go back to the the year year before, but shout out to Ingram. I give it Ingram. It was worth the pick. Mm. And who was the number two pick in that draft? I think Ingram wasn't Ingram was an Ingram two. I forgot who was the number one pick in in the draft in the Jalen Brown draft in the twenty seventeen or the sixteen draft. Um, either way, was it Ben Simmons? Yeah, yeah, it was Ben Simmons. What am I saying? Yeah, it was Ben Simmons. It was Ben Simmons, Ingram Brown. Okay, and so that means, and you ask me, who would I rather? I'd rather Ingram or Brown over Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um. Ingram probably most improved player the player this year, first time All Star, and that's someone that would be. Can you imagine Ingram or Brown next to Joel Embiid? Mm. You know yeah. they wouldn't have any of these. They wouldn't have these issues, and and like and you would have and that would have give you more incentive to keep Markel Fultz. You know what I mean? Because he actually is a point guard rather than you draft a a point guard number one when you have Ben Simmons who you're trying to. Make the ball handler yeah. the point guard. Like well, that was the thing. We, I think and I think back when they drafted Markel Fultz, that's when they originally wanted to have this plan of switching Ben to like the three or to the four. I think that was the original idea behind it. But then Markel comes in injured; they can't play together. And then when they do let him come back, an opposite of the Gordon Hayward effect, right? Okay, remember my my whole idea. Hey, Gordon Hayward got injured. Mentally, he he plays a little suspect when he gets around the rim. Similar similar to Markel Fultz, he comes back. But Markel, he's a rookie. He could overcome that quicker than a veteran who has to readjust his psyche, you know? Yeah. So when Markel Fultz did come back, they had him coming off the bench. They started him a few times, but but the entire process, they just had him coming off the bench. I was like, no, you need to start him the same way you started Joel, when he came back, minute restriction. Because they didn't trust the, the process. Way, yeah, they didn't trust the process, Yeah, you know? And, and shame on them. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. Way, if, if I had been, been there from the jump, all three of them would have been together the same way. We're going to keep Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown here together. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Y'all need to figure out that fan club, how we start that up. <laughs> I'm sure it's already there. I'm right. sure it's already there. Sure. It's, I don't think it's more so yeah, a fan a club. Way. I think it, we just have to threat Danny Ainge. Straight up. <laughs> Straight we just up. have to threaten Danny Straight Ainge. Up. That's really what it is. You know what? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I have a purpose for my Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so just be tweeting Danny Angel. Yeah, hey, like, by the way, just don't trade these guys. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't trade these guys. Like, you don't want us to show up at your crib. Like, because we will show up. That's my... Um, but yeah, like... And, and, and like, it's not from a drafting standpoint, player development standpoint. Like, and just how... Like, I love Joel Embiid, but he's so immature. Yeah. He's so immature. I do not trust... 
I don't. Tr- I trust Joel Embiid's talent. Mm-hmm. I don't trust his body because mm-hmm. I think he's out of shape. Yeah, he looked mm-hmm. a little big last night. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he looks. Yo, the thing is, like I said, Joel Embiid is like the opposite of 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 like Zion to me. Mm. It's like Zion looks like a big ball of muscle yeah. that's just ready to explode yeah. at any time. And you see in the way he plays, he has bounce. Yeah. yeah. Joel is very flat-footed yeah. in everything he does. Very but sluggish. Then, very very sluggish, but then he'll explode yeah. and show you, like, some wild athleticism. And I'm yeah. like, where's this coming from? Yeah. He looks like a guy that doesn't know how to manage his weight yet. Is it that, or do you think it's just laziness? That that probably, too. Yeah. That probably, too. So it's like, you meant, so it's like his. I don't trust his body, and I don't trust his leadership. Mm. He's not a good leader. Like, you're sitting up here, like, him getting eliminated, and they ask him, like, what do you think is wrong? What are the issues with the teams? And he's, his response is, that's, that's a stupid question. There are no issues. Clearly, clearly there's issues. Mm-hmm. You just got swept. Yeah. Don't talk to me yeah. that there's not issues. You can say some other shit, but don't tell me that. Don't tell a reporter that that's a stupid question. You know, like, imagine imagine if, if Jalen Brown said that. Imagine if Jason Tatum said that. Well, You know what I mean? It would be shocking mm-hmm. because it's like, it would be shocking because we don't. That's not the culture that we allow yeah. in 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 this in the Celtics organization. Nor do we allow a culture that lets a fucking number one draft pick just not shoot. Yeah. You know, like they like like when you play for the Celtics, it's an honor to play for the Celtics. You know the haters gonna be screaming out Aaron Hernandez in the comments like Yeah, of course like, they will. Of course they will. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez. Oh, Patrick Holmes selling dope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All that type of shit. But you know that, like, when you put on that Celtic uniform, and that's what I talk about, like, culture. You're not doing that shit if you play. You're not talking that way if you play for the Celtics. You're not talking that way if you play for the, the Lakers. You're not talking that way if you play for the Spurs. You're not talking that way if you play for the Mavericks. It comes from the top down. And when you're sitting here as an organization, not just only in your draft picks, you're also throwing money at people. I got it like, yo, listen, I wrote it down because I, I had to really, like, <laughs> hear me out. They signed Tobias Harris mm-hmm. to a five-year, $180 million deal. $36 million per year. We're tripping over the fact that Gordon's about to pick up that option and make 34 mm-hmm. in his last year in an expiring contract mm-hmm. that we're going to have off the books in 2021. Al Horford, 34-year-old ass Al Horford, four years, $109 million, $27 million per year. Let's put that in perspective. Jalen Brown just signed his extension, mm. a four-year, $107 million deal, $2 million, uh, $2 million less than what Al Horford is making. And Al Horford's contract is going to end when he's 30, 37, 38. Jalen Brown's is gonna end when he's 27. Sure, with the with the NBA economy outlook for the next couple of seasons, man, he might be expecting a pay cut too. Who? Jalen Brown. What, what like the after contract? the next four years? Yeah, yeah. Who even 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 Tatum this year? Yeah. What Tatum? The money Tatum was gonna make in this offseason if Corona didn't happen, yeah. versus what he's gonna make now on that extension? I don't know, and I feel like it might be comparable. It's gonna be comp- comparable to what Ben Simmons got. Mm-hmm. So Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, and you see how many games he's missed. His extension was nuts. Goes into effect next year, five years, one hundred and seventy million dollars, thirty-four million a year. 
Joel Embiid, five years, 147 million, 30 million, 30 million per year. Um, and I'm like, and I use the Celtics contracts to put that in perspective. Like the Jalen Brown, um, 27 per, Kemba, 35 per. Um, Hayward is going to be 30, 33, 34. 30, it's 33 per, but 34 next year. And Tatum is probably going to land at like what Ben Simmons got at like five years. Probably, I would say probably 180 million, um, which we can take because we can go over the cap. That's bird rights. It's not like we're signing him, you know, but they went out. The, the Sixers went out and went, went out and signed old ass Al Horford. Signed. Um, did they have Tobias Harris's bird rights? I don't think they did. They had to sign him outright. Yeah, that's on um so that cap space. You only had burn rights when you draft someone. Yeah, right? when you draft him. Yeah, he wasn't drafted by them. No, but either you draft them or the contract that was traded was the bird right. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? The, okay. Um, like for instance, like like um, like the Magic. The Magic have Markel Fultz's bird rights. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though they didn't draft him. No. Um, but yeah, it's like. Yeah, even then, Tobias been cutting stuff. I don't Tobias know. Tobias Harris yeah. is making thirty. Six million a year to buy his Harris. Well, I think it was like that's the thing though. It's like I know the numbers sound crazy and they are, but that's just the market of how money was like back then. Like yeah, even, but even you should role players was just I that type of I bread, understand, but but you know? under, like yeah, I understand like the money, but mm-hmm. it's you still didn't have to do it or yeah. you didn't have to spend like like let me ask this: Why didn't the Sixers try and get Kemba Walker? Mm. Why are you in the sweepstakes yeah. in the trade to try and pull well, off the trade? Why weren't you trying to get Kawhi? Well, remember, this goes back to, to the original point. They're a terrible organization to begin with because the only reason they're in the position to have this plethora of talent is every year they fucking sucked. Yeah. They're a terrible organization. You bank, you... you and, that's, and organizations like that, they, all they do is become factories for the good teams like the Lakers yeah. and the Celtics. But okay, yeah, let, let the Feed Sixers get, get these players developing for us and we'll sign them in the offseason when they become a free agent or whatever. Or we'll but trade for them, his, give them some basketballs because they think this guy's terrible and this guy right. could be a fucking 10-year All-Star. But right, but you know, he, Depending but, on the organization that they're but, in. And, but here's the thing. That, I agree with that. If, if, like, if that was 100% true. In other words, it's like abolish the, the 76ers. Yeah. Fuck their fan base. Fuck yeah. you, Philly. <laughs> Cause it's like, um, <laughs> can you like do like of the players that they drafted, right? The players that have been on the Sixers, who do you want on the Celtics? Oh my goodness! I, I don't want any of them. You're saying of of the 76ers players that are drafted, who would I want on the Celtics? Yeah. And I wouldn't have to change anything else about our team in terms of our makeup. I and- mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to take their contract. Yeah, well, hypothetically speaking, let's say I could do this and we still somehow, somewhere end up with all the players we have. I'm taking Joel Embiid. Yeah. I'm taking that risk. I'll I'm, trust that process. I'm not. No. I'm not. Because I don't, once again, I trust his skill. I don't trust his body, nor do I trust his mind. His attitude. Yeah, his, mind in terms of leadership, I agree with you, but under our system... We we'd have that shit in check because it's a completely different organization. Do you want to do you want to risk it? Is there someone else that you'd rather have? Yeah, yeah, I risk it because what's what's the worst case scenario? We have a great GM named Danny Age. We'll fucking trade him if it's not working out. I'll I'm, I'll, I'll take the uh, bottom line is this: I don't go. Listen, I don't give a damn what his personality is like. I will I would take the chance on Joel Embiid as a talent yeah. 
and then take the risk of our organization. Being That's what they said about Kyrie. Here. Okay, and it didn't pan out because of his attitude, because of his personality. But but guess what though? We weren't afraid to take it on because correct me if I'm wrong. Did we offer a contract and he refused it? And then he signed with Brooklyn? Yes. So we offered him a contract, right? So we as an organization, despite everything that was going on, still decided he's worth taking taking on as a risk. Yeah, and, re- and, and he said and no re- and he left. And, and, and retro- in retrospect, we signed Kemba and we are a much better team now for it. But so okay. so what you're saying is is so what you're saying is so knowing what we know now, would you rather have Kemba or you or ha- or have Kyrie? I'd rather have Kemba. So so that means that so you're saying that Knowing what you know, that would have been a mistake to sign Kyrie. Yeah, but in, I, in the retrospect of us signing Kemba directly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, knowing because, what we know now, yeah, and we that would have been a mistake. So why would we, knowing knowing what we went through with Kemba. Why would we sign Joel? Yeah, why would we sign Joel? But, but, but to be fair, oh, hold on, let me answer. Let me answer. Okay. Because it's about being willing to take risks on certain types of talent. And Cal- why, why let me, let you me think finish, we need to take finish. risks right now? It's about taking risk on certain type of talent. When I think of Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid when healthy, they are game-changing talents. You're talking about Joel Embiid, the guy who's over seven feet who can who can step back threes and defend. Like, no, who's who's a better defender than Joel Embiid at his position when healthy? At, the only person I could think of is Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, better defender at the center position. Anthony Davis doesn't even consider himself a center. So that one doesn't even count. Anthony Davis also won Defensive Player of the Year. And Anthony Davis doesn't even consider himself a center. Okay, Bam Adebayo is better better defensively. He is not a better defensive player than, than Joel Embiid. But fine, you think fine, he became an All Star off fine, of his offense? Fine, fine. I'll, I'll I'll respect your opinion for. It. At the end of the day, Joel Embiid is the is the likes of those type of players that he's a he's a game changing talent. He is. Healthy, he and is. I have no problem. But with that's all, too and I many. Have no problems with any of our organizations taking risk on those type of players. Same thing goes for the Patriots, the Bruins, the Red Sox, whoever. I like. But the when idea, there's but other players that can, of, we, when we have the opportunity to bring in amazing players and take the chance of taking on their personality and bringing a chip out of the process, I'm with it. I'm with it. Maybe I'm a wild boy. But I feel like with the Kyrie situation, that didn't work because I feel like Kyrie came to Boston with like a different. He wanted to play a more of, of a leadership type role. Mm-hmm. I don't think Joel would want to do that. I mean, we speak on his attitude and how much he's just. Joel isn't like a bad leader because like he doesn't try to lead at all. I feel like so I feel like his role would just be different on the Celtics. So I think it, it would work a little bit easier than when, when Kyrie was there. I'm I understand what y'all are saying. I guess I well I'm just going by what I what I see. Sure. Versus. The ifs, if Joel Embiid is healthy, if Joel Embiid doesn't doesn't want to take a, a leadership role. Well, what he's shown me is he wants to be, he's been the leader of the 76ers. He's been the vocal leader. He went and called himself the process. He's like, well, I am the process. He's the one leading. Like, when you talk about any though. sound bites that come, out of, that come out of the 76ers, it's always Joel Embiid. He's the one leading on the court his, with his energy and all these. Like I said, it's the good and the bad. He leads. He, he rouses up the crowd. He's a, he leads in off the court, and, on the court, and off the court. That, in his culture and his personality, that's not the type of personality I want on the Celtics. Because that's the type of personality that's a lot of talk. It's a whole lot of talk, and it's not action. And and even when they asked him, like they asked him, like, "Oh, what would you um, 
do you see yourself with the team? Da, da, da. He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. But, you know, do, 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 do. And, like, he gets in his shit. And I'm like, dog, like, I am I'm super good on a Joel Embiid when there's other – there are a lot of other players in this league that, like, take – just have the, the the type of attitude that I like, mm-hmm. that I that I like, and the type of attitude that the Celtics needed. When we had people like skilled people that were like talent. like like Terry Rozier, like um, Marcus Morris, like Kyrie Irving, all of them were really really skilled, really good players. But the type of attitude they had was not indicative to the type of team that the Celtics are and who I want the Celtics to be. Right, and I don't think questions. that we don't have to. We are not. We have so much young talent. We we're in a point where you should have to come to us. You should conform to us, and we don't have to take any risks on anybody. Hmm. That's where I'm at with it. So let me ask you two questions, right? General question for all three of us here. What? Where's Joel Embiid if he gets drafted by the San Antonio Spurs under Pop? Where is he as a player? As a player, personality wise. Do you Maybe. think let, let me because the question I'm trying to get at to is about environment that players of come course. into. The biggest thing is Joel Embiid got drafted as a rookie, named the face of a franchise. We've seen this done with plenty of players in the past. Yeah. And all I just feel like what we're seeing is this is what happens when certain aspects of that go negative. So looking at him being drafted by a terrible organization like Philly yeah. versus him being drafted by the Spurs. I agree with that. So that's I hold that same type of respect for the Celtics. We can. But we're draft not drafting him, him though. What? That's different. I'm not. I'm not. It's one thing when a kid comes in at, at 19, 20 years question, old. Though, like, would we take on Joel Embiid like with the team we have, and not, we were like bringing him from the beginning? No, no not the beginning. The it wasn't the beginning. It was right, right now. now. It was at, what we know right now. Any of these players that you've seen, as you've seen the development on the Sixers, who if all their draft picks, would you want any of those people on your team right now? Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't want Simmons. I don't want Fultz. I don't want Okafor. I don't want Noel. I don't want Embiid. And that's what I when I look Fuck at that. Don't take Embiid. Yeah, when I look at that team, I'm like, I'm like, you, all you all by running that organization so poorly, all you do, all you've shown to me is, and that's what my original point was, is like, like the whole idea that the Sixers are a farm of bringing up all they, they're the type of team that's just a farm system. They they draft these players, they bring them up, and then they sign somewhere else, um, because they, you know, whether like like Minnesota's been for many years or um and things like that. I don't want anyone coming from from the Sixers farm system. I would gladly take somebody that came from the Nuggets farm system. You could give me Murray, um, Porter, Jokic, Barton, uh, any of those players. Bo Bo, I'll take that because I, I, I can trust your system as well. It's one thing if you draft poorly and then your 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 system is shitty and then you don't keep you don't um keep any of these players accountable and you let bad leadership run through. And when you especially when you see like Al Horford go there. And then I'm going off of like what, like, remember I told you, like, his sister be on Twitter and she don't hold back. You feel me? And a Horford, y'all can look her up. She don't hold back about how much, how frustrated she is and how they use Al Horford and how pretty much it's a leadership issue. You know, and even they asked Josh Richardson yesterday after the, after, after the game in his press conference and he was like, yeah, you know, um, 
next with some of our issues and stuff like that we just have to hold each other more accountable we have to be able to talk to each other we have to be able dog that's the same type of shit that we heard about the Celtics last year you know what I mean and that's the shit that like yo I don't want anybody come I don't want anybody coming from that system to be honest what about the net system yeah, I would take them if the, the Sixers need to trade trade Simmons to the fucking them and get and get Dinwiddie and um Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. That would work for the Sixers. They need to get rid of those contracts. They like in those those contracts I just named, the Horford Harris, those Horford Harris, Simmons, and Bede, those are at least for the next three years. They have those contracts for the next three years at least. Do you see them getting any better? And they don't have any money to spend. For the record, if both those boys was healthy, Simmons and Embiid, I would have no problem letting them play together too. I just can't take the risk of both of them both being injury injury prone. That's the number one thing right there. One of your superstars being injury prone, you take that risk. Two of them, no. Yeah, they got to – yeah, they got to – first thing, yeah. They have to fire Brett Brown. They got to fire Elton Brand. They need to trade Tobias Harris. Second question I want to ask too early from earlier. So Joel Embiid, when healthy, versus every other center in the NBA when healthy. How many centers are better than Joel Embiid? Center okay, so are are you here's a caveat to that question. Are you only counting people that are literally C's next to their names? Yes. Oh, come on. Let's in go. this league, you the come on. That's like if we asked that question okay, ten fine. years ago. Fine. Fine. Big for big. We can talk bigs. How tall is Joel Embiid? Seven foot. 6'11", seven foot. I think so, yeah. There's a big difference between 6'11 and 7 foot in the NBA right now. Let's figure this out. I mean, yeah. I mean, in this league now, it's like, whether you're a power four or a center, it's like it really don't. Like, what is Daniel Tice? What is Rob, what is Robert Williams? Right. What is Canner? And the, back in the day, Joel they're Embiid, centers. according to Google, is officially listed as seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. How many players who are seven feet tall or taller are better than Joel Embiid when healthy? Anthony Davis, Giannis, um, I'll put Chris Stops in there. Healthy for healthy? Healthy. Better than Joel, you're saying? Joel Embiid when healthy. So all these players went healthy. Who's the best seven foot player listed in the NBA right now? Kevin Durant's not officially seven feet. Everybody for those screaming at Kevin Durant. Nah, he's seven feet. Nah, he's seven <laughs> feet. He's not seven um, feet. I don't know. I um. Well, th- those are three players, right? Yes. So at the end of the day, at worst, Joel Embiid, based off of our minds combined, all three of us, okay, is a top four center. In the NBA, or top four seven footer mm-hmm. in the NBA, mm-hmm. and there's the only ones who are better are Anthony Davis, Giannis, and Kristaps Porzingis, based off of us. Okay, so anyone who I feel like isn't gonna take a risk or take on somebody like Joel Embiid, you're, you're kidding yourself. Because how how can you do better? I can agree with that. I can agree with that for. 90% of the league. But there's that 10% of the league, yeah. which is really the Celtics and the Lakers, that could be like, kiss my ass. Mm. Like, in a sense of, you, like, winning isn't, we don't have to risk it all to win. We don't come from that. 
We're not that kind of franchise. I just don't if you're the Knicks, Joel Embiid is risking If you're the Knicks, because you I, trade him because it I, don't work out. Yo, you say trading like it's some easy thing to do. There's players, there's teams that want to trade players all the time, but they cannot move you those trade contracts. Him, you cut them. But granted, but also you cut them. What do you? Who are we cutting? This in the NFL. You don't cut players. You cut in the players. NBA? You have to pay that contract. Right, These schedules are guaranteed. If I'm gonna pay that nigga thirty something million, I'm a, he's gonna be on in uniform. It's, it's, it's worth the risk. No, because if you cut him, then you don't have him in you. Don't have money to spend. I'm it's saying, not like you I'm cut saying, him. I'm saying it's, it's worth the risk in the sense of what's the chance of this not working out to the point where this talent doesn't work out. This all world top four level talent. Right, doesn't work out, and it's so bad we have to cut them and then eat all that. We're money. not, we're not cutting. There'll him. be a position. Exactly, we won't cut it because there'll be a position where we end up trading him. And yeah, but you act like, doesn't but you, out. you act like trading someone like you're, you're, you're not going to end up losing. Like trade is like, oh, like by in the fact that you want to trade him drops his stock. Yeah. That okay. that drops, so you end and up trades happen. Why are you saying like this is so easy? You're, you're saying it like it's rocket science, like it's impossible. We've seen, it's not, we've seen, we've seen, listen. No, because you're saying like the, he's going to get traded multiple. Oh, oh, trade for Joel Embiid. If he doesn't work out, trade him again. Every single time he gets traded, his stock is going to drop. So you're going to get less and less and less and less. So if you're going to trade for Joel Embiid, you need okay. to know I think, I think that you are going to keep him. I think we're having two different conversations here. Because you're talking about trading for Joel Embiid right now. I'm talking to, anytime I reference Joel and B, I'm talking about him as an all level talent, just taking him on. Why? Taking him on, period. Why? You act like we don't on. we don't know who he is. Because he's that talented, is all I'm saying. No, people are talented, but they if they're not available, your your biggest talent is availability. Of course. You know, course. and if you're not available, and he's, and he's I in can't his fifth year now. Yeah, fifth Four, or something like that. Yeah, fifth. Fifth? Fifth, sixth well, year. He got drafted in twenty fourteen, right? Yeah, and he missed the first year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's technically a fifth or sixth year. But five, five, six years playing. Yeah, right. I'm. I guess at the end, I'm. I'm good. I'm good on Joel Embiid. I'm. I'm super good. Uh, well, I, I like well, and, 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 and in this league, and in this league, anyways. yeah, we have so Celtics many. We're in the second round now. Yeah, I don't need. I don't need more. I don't need bigs that can shoot. I don't like that shoot as much as he does and plays outside the paint as much as he does. I don't. I don't need that. I need you to get down low. I need you to grab boards. We have enough shooters in this league mm. to spread the floor. You know what I mean? I think too many players, too many teams are too obsessed. Are too obsessed with having the big that can that can spread the floor because when you when it's when it's tilted that way, when he shoots when he shoots really well from outside, he the other part of that is usually he don't get down low. He's not getting boards. He's not banging down low. And someone like Joel Embiid, like he has the type of body to dominate. He doesn't dominate. He puts up good numbers, but when you're getting them from 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 everywhere outside the paint and stuff like that, you're just shooting all well, night. Well, I think well, and, I think that's one of the sacrifices that teams are willing to make right now in terms of how offenses are changing in the NBA. Where everybody's going smaller and going out there without any real, real bigs, true, true real bigs out there is like they'll take that they're willing to sacrifice those, those rebounds and particularly offensive rebounds you're giving up. You have to uh, stretch out your defense like that to cover the fact that everybody out there can uh, shoot threes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, with the Nets being up out of here, mm-hmm. shout out to the Raptors. I think the Raptors had an end to sweep them. Mm. To be honest with you, I didn't. I thought I thought they would just win one game. I thought the Nets would at least get yeah, one, one off of them. Get one off them, yeah. The gentlemen sweep. Yeah, yeah. But not straight four. Not straight four. Did the Nets push like an overtime game or some shit? Um, maybe. Maybe. I, I like think they were close, like one game. 
Yeah, I think game yeah. two was their close game. From if uh, my memory of those of those highlights and watching those games serves me correctly. And Kyle Lowry, any word on him yet? No, I'm wait. I'm spring? waiting on that shit. I set yeah. up all the alerts. I'm like, yo, <laughs> let me see that ankle, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, with or without Kyle, I say gentlemen sweep. We get them up out of here in five. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, I think the the, the, the from, from watching Toronto all year, their offense they don't have a bona fide score. They have a good offensive system in terms of getting buckets, but it, that system versus our defense, I think it plays in our hand because at the end of the day, you just gotta play them down to the final five six seconds of that shot clock and force someone to go one on one, and they have nobody. And there's gonna be at least twelve to fifteen possessions that end that way, you know. Mm-hmm. That's good. We just got to focus on getting the rebound after that. Yeah, I agree 100%. We win at every matchup against this team. It really shouldn't be. Really should. I, like I said, we should get them up out of here in five. Yeah, the, I agree 100%. I mean, we watch too much playoff basketball to like in our lifetime to understand that, like, yo, listen, you can have a good, you can have a good team, but you need that guy that's going to, when you need a bucket, he can get you a bucket. And the Celtics have multiple guys, have four of those guys. In the in the in the 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 Raptors kind of have one someone that's you know in Ooh. Siakam that's trying to get there. I'm, I say kind of. Yeah. I'm not saying that was, he is. Yeah. He's working there. He's because at the end of the day, it's like it's like yeah. Like uh, anyways, um. So I yeah I agree 100. percent I think that we should beat the Raptors with or without Kyle Lowry in six games. Mm-hmm. Um, because the one thing we do match up for them better, I think, from one to four, at the five, things get iffy whether Ibaka or um or Gasol is starting. Mm-hmm. But the one place where where the the Raptors have us is the bench, and it's not about their bench. It's not just about mm-hmm. their bench talent. Yeah. Yeah. It's about their bench experience. Yeah. They have championship experience, and they're used to playing a lot of minutes, yeah. Yeah. you know? And that's why, I mean, last night they scored 100 points. Granted, it was the, their bench scored 100 points, which was an NBA record, all-time record. But in watching that series, there were so many points where I'm like, yo, listen, come on, man. The, the Raptors are getting looks at this, like, they would never get those looks against the Celtics. Never. The Nets aren't are are missing assignments. They're not getting back on D. They're you know they're like they're not calling out screen. They're not. Their defense is atrocious. I'm like that type of shit. Like and I'm in in the Raptors playing the Nets in the first round was really a disservice to the Raptors. Mm. Be, to me because. To me, they're not in playoff mode. Mm. Yeah, they're in like we're about to whoop on the Nets. Like it's you know what I mean. Yeah. But to go from the playing the Nets to now playing the Celtics, that's a completely different um, team you're playing. I mean, a, well, team, a well, completely different level of talent. And where the Celtics, I feel like at the end of the day, the Celtics were playing a uh, like a a team that matched up better with them. Mm. Whereas mm. whereas um, the the Raptors just don't match up with us at. Well, at all, we beat them three to one this year. Um, they only beat us one time, and um, and yeah, yeah. Let's I mean, let's not forget they're coming off a championship, so I think that you would think that they might not be ready going against us. But I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. 
I just, I guess, I have a little bit, a little bit more faith in the Raptors mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. have like a good series, just because they're coming off a chip. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna assume that this is a championship team, and, and they're gonna be ready come the second round. I mean, I, I guess you kind of have to be at that point. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. Is like I agree with like everything you just said there, except for that last point about them that team being a disservice. Because, my, I agree with you. Them playing the Brooklyn would have been a disservice. However, the way that they swept them. I was like, no, that shows me, okay, you are a championship-level team because this is what you should have done. Hence, why I'm gi- that's why I'm willing to give you a game in the second series because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to the fact that, yeah, you know what? You guys are a championship team. You should be good enough to win one game against this Celtics team, you know? But I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the Raptors. They're not going to put too much of a fight against us. I yeah, really, really a couple podcasts ago, I mean, y'all were saying that they are like still a great team, though. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They like, are. and 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 my thing is that's why I said like it's a deser- Like, when you, to me, the Raptors are down somebody. The Raptors are the same Raptors team, but they're down two people. They're down. They didn't make any great additions. They just developed further. They lost um Kawhi Leonard obviously, and they lost Danny Green. But in that loss, they were able to – other players were able to step up and get more minutes, get more shots up, shots up, able to develop. The same exact thing happened in Brooklyn. They lost KD. They knew they were going to have him. They lost Kyrie, and they lost Spencer Dinwiddie. They lost their three best, best players. And all of the, – they're completely just playing off of just – gas like just gusto yeah. Yeah. that's what the nets are playing off of and they and they the nets were in the worst position to get in the playoffs but they went into the bubble there wasn't really a fight for the playoffs mm-hmm. in the eastern conference yeah. like there was in the west yeah. so you're getting a nets team that like they're good they're really they're they're a really well coached team but they do not have any consistent level of talent mm-hmm. on the team that's why i'm like if you're entering the playoffs and you're the Raptors, the Raptors would have been better off playing the Sixers. Yeah. Because they have someone they have to stop. Mm. They have mm. they have something they have to we have to we have to we have to game plan around stopping Embiid, stopping Tobias Harris, how uh, um Harris, Horford, all these veterans mm-hmm. that are skilled veterans and all in all this stuff. Um even if they're on bad contracts. Um Whereas on the Nets, who are you game planning for? Who are you trying to stop? Karis, just Karis LeVert and stop Allen from getting a, a lot of boards? Or they're not, whereas now, and this is where why it's it, it's a disservice. It's not just it's a disservice of who they're playing. It's about who they're playing next. Yeah. They go from having to not have to game plan for anybody, really, to now having to game plan for Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, like and you're lucky you're not getting um um Gordon Hayward yeah. as well. So it's like it's like to me it's like this is a practice round for it's a practice round for for Toronto. But you know how in football like you'll spy as a certain person. Oh, our defense is gonna act like you're Michael Vick, and they'll put a wide receiver at quarterback just so he can run, so mm-hmm. we can know how it is to to defend Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. Who on on the Nets could they have put in the Jason Tatum spot, Kemba Walker spot, Jalen Brown spot to – because after game two, you're like, dog, this is over. Mm. Now we really need to start thinking forward. And who are we going to practice? Who are we going to um, 
spy, how are we going to practice to try to try to stop th- that level of talent? Yeah. That's why I'm like, it was a disservice for the Raptors to have to play the Nets the first round because now the Celtics have had their first real playoff round because they lost Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. But to me, but to me, this is the Raptors' first playoff round, yeah. and that's how I see it. Technically speaking, this this Raptors team hasn't lost a playoff round in five state rounds now, though. No, nope, nope. Saying, listen, I always go back to Rudy T's to Rudy T's quote, man. Never underestimate the Harvard champion. No. Fuck Kyle Lowry, that motherfucker's tough, yo. (laughs) (laughs) He's tough. He's tough. He plays like the Celtics. He is. That's it, yo. Kyle Lowry pisses me off. I'm like, and we talked about that too, like about like. When we before we signed signed Kemba, I'm like, what type of player would you have wanted at the point guard at, at just low money? Someone we could have got. I would have loved Drew Holiday, or I would have loved Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry. Mm. I would have loved either one of those if we were able to just sign them on a much lower contract and, and save us cap room. But I love Kemba, of course. But um, Kyle Lowry is he's a leader. And and he show and he's shown that like in the times when it was when it was Kyle Lowry and um and Demar Derozan, I didn't know who the leader of that team was. I know Derozan was the was a better player, blah 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 blah. But in but in um after seeing him, especially last year with Kawhi, and then this year you realize that yo Kyle Lowry is the leader of that team. Even though even when Kawhi was the best player on that team, Kyle Lowry was still the leader. Mm-hmm. You know and. He's shown that in the way that without if they lost Kyle Lowry, they would have been fucked. Mm. They would have been completely fucked. I don't give a damn how good Fred Van Vliet is yeah. or how he's developed. And shout out to Fred Van Vliet. Like, he's a he's a really good player. He's about he's to a, get the bag, too. Ooh, he's about to get the bag. I wonder when his when his contract is up. Cause some of the Knicks are about to give him everything. This year. Keep talking. I'm like, nah, but speaking speaking of contracts and one contract I wouldn't mind taking on, but it will never happen. Shout out to Luca out there. Woo! Shout out to Woo! Luca. Listen, here's my rule: new rule, new rule, new rule alert. If you want to be considered a superstar in the NBA, at some point during your career, you gotta hit a game winner in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Yeah. This this is the new rule for the new era. Because the new era has a lot more superstars than the previous era. We're seeing a lot more better talent out there. Real bona fide players that, you listen, I don't care what year it is, you could take them whatever year. They're dominating the way they're dominating right now. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other show for a whole other topic. Yeah, and for, for Fleet, real quick, is going to be an unrestricted free agent after at the end of this season. The so season, yeah. so you the expect Knicks, the Knicks to... Uh, yeah. And how old yeah. is he? Um... Reverend V is 26 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, the Knicks are about to... Straight Yeah, up. but back to Luca. Yeah, Luca. I mean, he's certifiable now, man. He is. He's certifiable now. You got to respect this game. I've been respecting this game. I just felt that the media was overhyping it. Now, I'm like, okay, I think the hype may be warranted now. And again, this is less than 24 hours after him hitting that game winner last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how narratives work, right? Because yeah. he hit that... He's cemented now. Yeah. As a, as like uh, I, I don't you I I don't use the word superstar lightly. So I'm not going to I'm not going to use it with him. Mm-hmm. Um but cuz the but he's cemented now in the media narrative because the the Dallas could get blown out the next two games mm-hmm. and get eliminated get the fuck out of here. But that 
story is already written. Luca is the future. Luca's gonna get all the pressure. Da, 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 da. But it's like, but Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell just dropped fifty yeah. each last night. Fifty-one in fifty last night. In in like those two bad boys right there. Like fam, I like think D. Mitchell J- had it Donovan in Mitchell line. dropped fifty in t- two times already Not D. in Mitchell, four D. games. Murray, yeah. yeah, shout out to Murray, like. But those sto- but like you're not Luca though. That's mm-hmm. what we like going back to our story of last like last week about like with when we pick a guy, mm-hmm. you're the guy. Mm-hmm. And we're rolling. Fuck everybody else. Um but nevertheless, no, Luca, I'm not trying to take anything away from Luca. Luca no, you trying to take away something for the white man. Like to be fair though, that's all you want to do now. <laughs> Dallas does love like yes. blowing up the like look at Tony Romo. Yeah, yeah. Like they love yeah. Tony Romo. Yeah. Like yeah. But you know it that's, helps it helps to be white. And that, it helps that, to be white, especially in, the, in that market and also yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're white, if you are white yeah. and you are Steve Nash any got good. two MVPs. Like, One of them was over Kobe. Yeah, and Chris Paul. And and I hate Chris Paul. Now, the one he got over and, Chris Paul, that was that was justifiable because it was point guard, point guard that year. Yeah. But the one he got over Kobe, he got a Steve Nash got an MVP. And I love Steve Nash. I yeah. loved him. But over Kobe. Over Kobe. Yeah, man. And it also goes back, like, uh, Mad Podcast ago when we were talking about, like, Larry Bird. Yeah, I Larry. it was off mic, though. What, what no, it was on mic. Oh, yeah? It was on mic, yeah. Larry Bird is, like, better than LeBron and Yeah, shit. like, people just, like. Which, you know what I mean? Like, white people, they love. Yo, boy, it's the Eminem <laughs> effect, bro. It's yeah. like, you be a little good at something. And black people will be like, yeah, this is, he's nice, blah, blah, blah. You are now in front Yeah, now. because You are in front of everybody now. Yeah. But that's their market. Bottom line, I mean, it, it's it's it, it. My whole thing is, I I draw the line when it's like, okay, are you over hype? It's almost like the reverse thing, right? When people say it's reverse racism, like it's like, okay, are we over hyping him because he's white, or are people of color being more sensitive because he's white and they feel like he's being overhyped? Is so is the overhype yeah. real? I think or it's which a, sides being being over. I think it's a mix of both. Mix of both, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a true mix of both because what because what Luca is doing is incredible. It is, but and at then the when same, you have Donovan Mitchell, yeah, and, you have and and, and Murray, Lillard, here and Murray, yeah. and blah blah blah, and all these other players yeah. that like have been that dynamite. Are, yeah, are dynamite, and on top of that, like um. You mix in the fact that, like, like I was saying, it's so ironic because I wasn't talking shit about Luca. I was like tweeting last night. I wasn't talking shit about him. I was just more shocked, right? Mm-hmm. If I told you, would you call me a liar? Who shoots better from three? Luka Doncic or Giannis? Who has a better percentage? Who shoots better from three? I would think Luka Doncic. I would say Giannis. It, you know what I mean? And see how, like, you gotta, you kind of gotta, like, eh. Yeah. No. Luca shoots 31% from three. I was gonna say, yeah, I would say Giannis. Giannis shoots 30% from three. So Luca does shoot a better percentage, okay. but by 1%. Yeah. The way that Luca plays, you would think this, and he hits threes, yeah. but you would think he was like at least shot 36%, well, well, 37% the, from three. He, that's like, the Steph Curry effect right he there. is not a good three point shooter mm-hmm. at all. He's near the bottom. And, and like, but it doesn't make sense of his game. You know, he's a he's such an anomaly. He's the European player. He's big for his age. Yeah. He ball he handles the ball, point forward, blah 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 blah. You would think that, and he has such a great jumper. He has soft touch. 
he does not shoot well from three, and he shoots like 75% from the free throw line. That doesn't fit like the the European player narrative. You're supposed to be almost perfect. Like you would think that if you missed a free throw from when he came from, they almost like they like slapped your hand with a fucking steel <laughs> pipe every time. You know what I mean? The way that they the way that they shoot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, uh, and but that's what I mean about the net. It's like let's gloss like and just over like the tur- like the negative because Luca's Luca, and I would say because Luca's white. There's a lot of there's stuff that gets glossed over. How bad yeah. he shoots from three, how he should shoot better from the free throw line, and how he turns the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's like when, like you don't know. It's like yo, am I getting? If am I just extra sensitive mm-hmm. and making sure that they're not trying to give to him too much light, or are they glossing over some of the things about Luca at the same time? Mm-hmm. But granted, it's his second year. Yeah. But it's like who do we like? What is really going on here? But the one thing that remains true is you do see a lot of these, and I'll throw Ben's, Bill Simmons' name out there, like the way you see them like fawn over <laughs> someone like him or Jokic or like, a, you know, like it's like, fam, this is a little, this is a little much. You know what's funny? And I'll bring it more so to a rap. Mm. I think people do the same thing with white rappers. 100%. Like Post Malone. 1000%. And I'm going to tell y'all, um, what's that white boy? What's that white, the new white boy? The um, n- oh, Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow. Yo, I'm watching y'all. <laughs> I'm watching y'all. We're not about to let, we're not, yo, we're not about to let Jack Harlow in. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. do it. I'm sure if you can, I don't know nothing about the kid, but I'm sure you, if you just do a little deep dive, he probably comes from some rich white families from somewhere in the South or some shit or, or whatever. I don't know nothing about, but I'm not letting him in. Yeah. I'm not letting him in. I'm not going to let y'all do that. I'm telling y'all right now. Um, But yeah. But to be fair, yeah. though, like, I guess. And some of these dudes be talented. Yeah. They be talented, talented, but I'm not, no. I, I think that, I guess in the NBA, right, or I guess in any form of entertainment, most entertainment in America is primarily black. It right? is. With athletes to musicians to, to I wouldn't say so much actors, actually, but in the realm of sports, I think that when you have a primarily black league and then you have a standout um, white guy, I guess, mm-hmm. or somebody else who's just not black. Mm-hmm. I think the media has a tendency, and I, and I don't think it's an, it's entirely a bad thing, but the media is probably going to spend more time to big up the star that isn't black. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's just like... like Cause it's more of them than us. Cause you do. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's like it's it's like it's the same thing with Tiger Woods, though, right? Why why is the why is it that Tiger Woods is such a superstar? Because he stands out in a sport that's all white. True. You know, so it's the exact it's the exact same thing. When you see when you see a a, a McCaffrey running back out of yeah. out of Carolina, Which he comes out a running back playing like that. He's white. Damn. I remember that white boy who was who was a halfback who. Who's dominated for two years? Made the Madden cover number four. Oh, for um, the Browns. the Browns. Um, and he um, never played again. He never played again. Uh, <laughs> no. I remember, yo, he murdered the Patriots. He murdered the Patriots. He, he, he ran yeah. all over us that, it was that a one white game. White boy, though, like yo, he was supposed to be the second coming of whoever, and we never hear from him again after he makes that Madden cover. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, though, like when you make those kind of arguments, though, like. You have to kind of be careful because you don't want to take away from yeah, like his town exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yo, Luca's fucking the, nice. Listen, listen, he's it, nice. Let me put it this way: everything you said about Luca, right, is true in terms of overlooking his stats and everything. By Luca year ten at the latest, 
all that shit is gonna be for none. He's gonna yeah. be shooting forty plus percent yep. from threes. Yep. His he's gonna be his turnovers are gonna be down because all this is this is how good he is and he's still raw. Yeah, raw. This is him twenty one years old. This is this is him just balling out. Still don't know what the fuck is going on he's out there nasty. in the court. Not even not even doing research like he's that. He's nasty. Yet. And you know what Come the on, biggest man. disservice is? The biggest thing I know you that see grinds the intangibles. You know last the, night you just just mm-hmm. that three here last night. Okay, that's a game winner. You're down one. Yeah. You don't he need pulled the up three. A three. Yeah. He could Luca's so good, he could have dribbled down and, and gone in for some type of layup, yeah, play he a could've. three. He's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna get you. I see the mismatch. Double heem you, step back, bury this wah, three. Wah. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. The heart it takes, those type of intangibles you see. Oh man, this dude. Yeah. I promise. Dallas, you. Dallas is good for the next 10 yeah, years. Yeah, they're good. They're, they're good. good. Look at, see, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Look at Dallas. Look at the organization. Yeah. Look at who they drafted. Look at who look at who they fucking drafted. And then look at how they were able to get. Tell me. Trade what for the, tell me what the Knicks got for Porzingis. Tell me. Goodness. Tell me. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. You know what I mean? But I like, you know, um, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh man. You said oh, that was what I was gonna say about white people. Like, <laughs> about how like they wait what? No, I was gonna say what what I thought you were gonna go off of. Oh, uh, white people, the one biggest knock about Luca, the one biggest knock is dog. Oh. White people would have wished he was American. Oh yeah. If he was American oh, boy. Man. If oh my god, if Luca was America, if that nigga was from Indiana or fucking boy, Mr. Indiana or from Wisconsin or some shit, because this is who they want to go to Hayward to be. Yeah, mm. that's why they wish death on his ass when he left Utah. <laughs> yeah. But let Luca had been fucking Peyton Hillis. <laughs> I think Peyton Hillis was, was the name, name of the running back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See how it comes back to you? It really wasn't thinking about that shit. Yo, when did that come from? Yo, your, yo, memory is such a crazy shit. Yeah. Memory is such a crazy shit. My, like, file cabinet just threw that yeah. name out. It was like, no, you needed that for something else. Not for this when you try to think of a random white name. Yeah. I should have said Cooper <laughs> or some shit. Um. Oh shit. But yeah, Peyton Hills was the running back. But yeah, but like, yo, if yo, if if, if Luca had been born, Lucas, ha- Lucas, yo, dog, he would have been Donovan. He would have been Donald. on everything. Lucas Donald. Yep. He would have been on. He would have been on the presidential ballot right now. Luca yeah. Doncic, no. Luca Donovan. <laughs> yeah, Luca Donovan. Lucas Donovan. Lucas Donovan. Lucas Donovan. Oh my goodness. Dude. Got drafted by the Celtics and everything. My goodness. Oh, nigga. Over the spiritual movement out here in Boston. Yo. This is the second coming of Larry. Jeez. All lives matter. <laughs> Lucas is lives matter. Lucas lives matter. Well, um, well, you know, speaking of all these all lives matter crowd out here, shout out to the police. All those blues out, blue lives out there doing their jobs. Fuck 12, fuck 12, fuck 12. Protecting <laughs> us out here, you know, protecting the, the citizens. Shout out to them for protecting my homie Masai Ujiri. Out yeah. Here oh yeah. On the greatest night of his life. Oh yeah. Greatest night, greatest night of his professional career. You constructed a championship in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You 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 constructed a championship in Toronto. The Raptors. Your team, your team just beat the Warriors. A team regarded as like dynasty. What are you doing? You following the rules, walking down to the court, mm-hmm. 
you know, you pulling out your pass, following the rules, because we all know when we when when people look like us and we doing something, we we make damn sure to follow those fucking rules. Oh, and all the rules. All the over rules. rules. <laughs> over rules. Mm-hmm. You do what you're supposed to do. So a police officer takes you, shoves you. You still remain calm. Mm-hmm. You explain. You say, "I'm the president of the Raptors. <laughs> My team just won the championship. Why are you pushing me? Why are you pushing me? I have my pass. You step towards him to show the pass again. He snatches you, throws you away for Pushes the second time. Yo. And a, and of course, this police officer filed the perfect report. I saw it with my own two eyes when I watched the videotape. Masai. Another angry black man attacked that attacked officer. Attacked him. He attacked him, Jay. I mean, I can only Angry imagine, African. I can only imagine the suffering and the pain that officer's going through. Mm-hmm. Do you see concussion. how hard do you see how hard he hit his wrist? Yes. He hit his wrist so hard he got a concussion. All the officer was trying to do was to make sure that you had the proper credentials to go on the court because it was going to be a very hectic environment. Shout out, shout out to Brian, Brian Winhorse. Is that his name? When horses, who the bronze babysitter? Yeah, the writer. Yeah, the writer. When, when horse, yeah. Brian Winhorse. I watched him. I one of one of one of the shows the other day, and he said he was there that night, and he talks about how he didn't necessarily witness the incident, but he was there for that night of the championship, and he talked about like, look, those 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 credentials that you have was like I was on the court that night, and I didn't even have mine. Because hmm. when you got the complexion for the protection. <laughs> For the collection, you will always be granted access. Huh. Ain't that the truth? You know, and the, and, and, and the craziest part about this whole Maasai thing is him being being full of class throughout. Once they dropped the charges, he was like, all right, cool, whatever, let's move on. It's the cop yeah. who sued him. Yep. And then he countersued. Yo. So that's why they had to put the film out. Yo. And shout out to TMZ. Yo. TMZ. I'm, I'm reading about the, the video on ESPN. Mm. I'm watching the video, video on, on TMZ. TMZ. Oh, we got it. Oh, it's live. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got it. We and got I swear, it. like, they, they changed the editing on me to on ESPN. I think the first time they talked about it, it was, like, possible video mm. showing oh, that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, video showing. I'm like, where's the link for the video? Oh, y'all niggas, they pussy. They didn't want to put it in. Oh, we got to put the, you know, allegedly. Oh, man. That's going to be number one of our segments. Y'all wonder allegedly. why Black Lives Matter is written on the fucking court? Dog. Dog. Yo, I... I... Like, you know what the, You know what other moment... I just thought of, like... All I'm thinking about was the moments after that, right? Mm-hmm. When you see the video and you see... I think it's... I don't know if it's Kyle Lowry... Mm-hmm. Or one of them, like, is like going into the crowd, like trying to get him. It's Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it was Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Like, yeah. yo, yo, let him in. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, he grabs him, and then they hug each it's other. Like when right? Home would grab you, going to the club. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? He with us. He with us. He with us. He with us. Though. <laughs> um, and all I'm thinking about is in that moment how you y- jury has to like switch. Like he's coming down. Like, yo. We did it. We did yeah. it. Like yeah. he's excited. Yeah. Then he's assaulted. It's the best night of his life. He's he's excited. Then he's assaulted, and then 
he then has to try and switch back yeah. Yeah. to being excited, excited again. And it's like, I couldn't help but just like think about like life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and what they mean by like trauma mm-hmm. and what they mean by like black trauma. Because being black, being a person, period, is trauma filled. And then when you add the multipliers on it, right? Whether you're black, whether you're 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 gay or gay or part of the LBGTQ GTQ community, um, whether you're a woman, whether you're a black woman, all these multipliers, right? That like, and the one thing that like is one of the hardest things to deal with is actually being able to just remain in the moment and be happy in the moment. Not think about the past, not think about the future, future that, you know, the past that'll bring depression, the future that'll bring anxiety. We try to remain in the moment, right? And we try to enjoy things without, like, having this, like, feeling about waiting for the next shoe to drop, you know? And it's like, if you wanted to know what it's like to be a black man in America, if you or to be black in America, like, watch that moment. The moment where it should be the most, because even in your most pivotal, premier moments in your life, you can be reminded Mm. that this world thinks you ain't shit. That you don't, like, we already have imposter syndrome. (laughs) We already have all these things. Imposter syndrome we have to deal with. Survivors, survivors' remorse we have to deal with being black. All of these things. And you look at him having to go through that. It's like, I'm gonna, it's like me crossing the stage at my medical school graduation and they stop me. And they're like, who are you? Hmm. That's that's your name? Check Marcellus. Uh, Yo, let's get some ID. Let's get some ID. Yeah. And everyone is Put watching. Put these cuffs on. Put these cuffs and on for and, our safety. And everyone is watching yeah. while they go through and check your credentials. After they just let all these white people go through. <laughs> and now, and then they're like, oh, here you are. Oh, here's your medical school degree. Mm-hmm. And then you just left there. And you're supposed to move on. You're just supposed to. Like how, if there was me, he's a better man than me. He's a better yeah, man than me. You wanted to, you want a song on him? <laughs> no, no, clip on no. Him? I would have fucking, we would have shut everything down. Mm. I want him the fuck out of here. Bring the owner down. Bring the, 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 the way y'all were in Oakland, bring the owner down. Mm. I want to see that dude supervisor. I'm not talking to nobody. Mm. Stop Up on ceremony. stage, hold it. I'm stopping the whole shit. TV could wait. Fuck that shit. Especially the energy that I'm on now. He's a better man than me. Mm. Class personified. Because it would have been a problem. It would have been a real fucking problem. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's that's it. This is America. Yeah. <laughs> Don't catch you slipping. Nah, man. I remember I, I go back to... So a post I had um, a few months ago where I said something to the effect of I'm just a kid from Haiti trying to make it in America KKK. And I still feel that way to this day. I mean, there's there's that element that still runs thick in this country where it's like being black, b- 
being you always have to have, make sure you have the proper credentials to prove you have a right to be where you are. Show us your papers. Show us your papers at any given moment. Show us your papers. You ever thought about like like not even to like get into this because then because after this we can go directly into the um the shooting that happened last night. Mm-hmm. It's not even on our listing, but it's like you know we're probably we're gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, just about like you ever like left the house without your ID and like have like wild anxiety. Like I used to. Like yo, like yeah. like oh shit, like yo, I need like I can't not have my ID. Like there's times where I want to go for runs mm-hmm. or not runs. I ain't run. I haven't run in years. I can't run. <laughs> but um, just um, going out for a walk. Going out for a walk and um and I'm like I just want to be light. I don't even want to bring my phone. Yeah. I just want to go for a walk. I don't want to have nothing on me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I can't. I cannot do that. I can't have nothing on me. At least I have to have my ID on me. At least, you know, um but um just um it's just going with you, going off of what you were saying about like you better have your shit on you. You better have your credentials. You better have to show the reason why you are here. And we all have gone through that. Um and um yeah, I used to have wild anxiety related to that. And it was because of that type of shit. Like, I can't be caught out here without at least my ID on me. What if a cop stops me? And then, for no uh, reason. For no reason. And then my attorney said, you know, technically speaking, when you're out and about, the only time you need technically need any type of real ID is a driver's license when you're driving a car. Yes. You don't have to walk you around with an ID. It's not a you federal do not law have to have, have an ID. ID. Yeah. So when a cop sees you walking down the street and says, where's your ID? Technically, you don't have to say anything to a cop because you always have a right to remain silent. That detained. doesn't exist just when they freaking put the cuffs on you, especially when you're white and can actually flex your rights. Yeah. Be careful when flexing your rights out here, black people, when I tell you these things. I don't mm-hmm. want you to risk your life trying to actually flex your rights out here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, legally speaking, there's no law, no federal law, no mandate that says you even have to have an ID. You know why? Because if you have to have ID, that is tax. Exactly. If you're forced to have anything mm-hmm. you're not forced to have to own anything just that um, they make it highly inconvenient for you yes, not to, to have not. an id to not you want to sign these contracts you better have an id yeah you know but anyways so once i realized that i said you know fuck that if, if i ever get caught out here because i usually walk around with my wallet on me anyways but those times when i've have gone out and i either forgot it or made the decision to go out without it, i'm like yo whatever worst comes to worst i'm just gonna s- sit down and not say anything Keep asking, am I free to go? Am I being entertained? To that, they lock my ass up or they let me go. Whatever happens, happens. Right. Okay. Can't um, walk around with that fear, man. Like, fuck that. You had to enjoy your life. To hell with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we wanted to just finish off on talking about Jacob Blake shortly. Um, did you guys, did any of you guys see the video? I did not know. No, I'm not even aware of this. Oh, well, yesterday and, um, in um Wisconsin mm-hmm. in Wisconsin I, I I forgot what the name what the name of the place was in Wisconsin I guess the police were police were called to um for some type of altercation I guess Jacob Blake from the story say that Jacob Blake was out there um and he was breaking up a fight between two women granted these are just reports I don't know 100% mm-hmm. um and he was breaking up a fight between two women the police got called something that he wasn't even involved in his car was there, and his and his children, his three sons, were in his car, right in his SUV, and um, 
this the video starts with a video somebody taking a video outside of their can outside of like their window and it starts with the cops looking the cops pointing their guns at him um pointing their guns at him like um on the side of the car where you can't see him and then he circles around his car to go into his car and the cops are following him and they're they're trying to they're telling him to stop telling him to stop and um he just goes and opens the door to his car about to get into the car and then the cops start shooting him from the back shooting him in his back as he's getting in into his car and they shot him seven times or they, or they shot seven times i don't know how many times they hit him but they were in extremely close range i'm re- i'm reading it says seven times they shot at him gotcha and extremely close range to a point where when he was getting into the car the cop was pulling his shirt to try and stop him from getting in the car while he's pointing the gun at him and they both start shooting at him um and then all you hear is him hit the steering wheel they hit the steering wheel the um the horn starts going off and there's a girl there screaming at them to stop shooting or whatever and um he's not he hasn't passed thank god he's in he was in critical condition all last night and then late last night he got out of surgery but he's still in the icu um there was reports that he passed away but i guess those reports were not correct jacob blake is his name jacob blake and it's up for jacob blake hope he comes out of that yeah and um they um and and then in, in wisconsin last night of course that broke out into a lot of protesting a ton of protesting. I think some, a few things went up in flames. Um, riot police came out. Woo woo, the whole shebang. And um, I just wanted to, if you do end up watching the video, um, I will say this: it's it's once again a really tough thing to watch. Um, to put it in the in the type of it sounds sick, but it's like to put it in the in rankings. It's we've seen worse, um, but um, it's the way still you described it. I was thinking of a completely different shooting. I was I was thinking to myself, oh, I've heard of this shooting. I've heard of this shooting. Oh yeah, but it wasn't Wisconsin. And the way you described it, I'm like, oh, this is very recent. Yeah, there was another shooting. I saw the video of it where you have black man pulls into a gas station, and the video is from the cops cruiser showing you everything. Right, you see the black man pull in a pickup truck. Pull into the gas station. He steps out of his truck. The police officer steps out and shouts at him, show me your effing ID. Black mm-hmm. man says, shrugs his shoulder, says, okay. Turns around to go into his truck to grab his oh, wallet. Oh, and he shoots him. shoots him. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. That video was yeah. a few years old. Yeah, so that was a few years old. Yeah. But this a similar situation where you, in terms of them being that close to him while he's going into his car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, st- stuff like this. It's I don't need to watch that type of cop murder porn anymore. Um, I'm just interested to see when the facts come out. Prayers up. I really hope that man stays alive to tell his side of the story. Yeah. Um, because we already know what the narrative is going to be if he dies, and they'll end up just kind of get checked to his family eventually. But he'll still be dead and gone, and who cares? Another black man killed by the government. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the sto- just, already- just so people understand this one, when they say black lives specifically re- with relations to police officers killing unarmed black men, this is government murder. When a police officer who's given power by the government to execute, execute certain rights that involves ending people's lives, that's the government doing that. 
practice. So never forget that connection there. Government sanctioned murder. Um, yeah. Um, th- I mean, they've already started. Um, the the stories. I guess the story from the police already was um, um, that um, that um, they were trying to tase him. The t- um, and he was fighting off the taser. Blah blah blah. So they pulled their guns out. Whatever. The the officers have already been put on administrative leave. The I guess the commissioner or something like that already said something about like. Like something around the words, I wasn't using the exact words, but just con- condemning like a like um excessive force and, and shit like that. And sure um, did. and yeah, and that's just another nigga, just another nigga they try to kill. You know, it, it continues. Everything that they are doing in the NBA with the with the, the Black Lives Matter on the court with the social, like I'm really interested to see what what what's gonna happen, what's gonna come out today what certain players are going to say, things like that. I'm waiting to see what Jalen Brown does because um, you know he is a leader and he's a extremely intelligent kid. And um, I'm wondering to see what a lot of the players are going to say and how they're going to um, address the, this whole thing. Um, of course, these things didn't stop. They just get stopped getting getting caught on camera. Mm-hmm. So this is just the newest one that was caught on camera. Um, so... Yeah, man. Um, that's it. That's it, baby. You hit everything. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. Another week's episode fourteen. Um, we've been happy to happy to have you, and um, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you. Peace. Peace.